0: Privilege, quick,
1: um, of personal privilege. Yes. I can handle things. I'm smart. This is Armstrong and Getty. Pretty damn cool. He is
2: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Ted Cruz was on the uh, was on a panel in the Senate. I, uh, technology. I, I'm not even sure what panel it was, but he was uh, talking to a uh, Professor. Um, the, and uh, who studies uh, tech and searches and, and how it influences opinion and votes. And it's interesting. Ted has adopted or, or has moved back into a much more reasonable, curious, likable guy thing. He he went with, like, bomb-chucking and obnoxious for a while. Well, he was running for president. Yeah. yeah or, or, I think he, that's off the
3: table now. I wonder I'm... if
2: the Bateau thing humbled him a little bit, too.
3: Well, you're a senator. You win. you got six years. You don't have to... You don't have to be in the bomb-chucking game. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: Donald uh, Trump may be a rat, but <laughs> I have no desire to copulate with
2: him. Ah, good, good times and a brilliant line. Uh, but anyway, here oh, he is. Uh, awesome. Do we have the name of this professor? I, I left the, the, the fact sheet I had in, in the office like an idiot, but we'll, we'll get it for you. Um, but let's listen in for a minute.
0: Same approach at Google. Um, Dr. Epstein, I, I found your testimony incredibly powerful and incredibly concerning and and if anyone draws news out of this hearing i would encourage you to review very carefully dr epstein's testimony and i'd like to take a moment to make clear several things first of all as as i understand your background uh you're not a republican and 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 nor are you a conservative is that accurate that would be an understatement (laughs) Um, And and indeed, you're the former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today. Correct. So you're a respected academic. You testified before this committee that Google's manipulation of votes... Gave at least 2.6 million additional votes to Hillary Clinton in the year 2016. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, we got to stop and, it then.
3: Okay, let, everybody, let that sink in, everybody. Yeah. Do you realize what you just heard? What does he mean by manipulation what of votes? What was that number? Well, he, he'll, he'll We're going to, get to that. hear more, but would you hear that number? Yeah. 2.6 million. Wow.
4: Okay. Wow. That's me.
0: correct. And, and I want to make sure I understand you personally supported and voted for Hillary Clinton.
4: I was a very strong public supporter of Hillary Clinton, yes.
0: So you're not dismayed that people voted for her, but your testimony is that Google is, through bias in search results, manipulating voters in a way they're not aware of?
4: On a massive scale. And what I'm saying is that I believe in democracy, I believe in the free and fair election, Uh, more than I have any kind of allegiance to a candidate or a party.
0: And and looking forward, if I understood your testimony correctly, you said in subsequent elections, Google and Facebook and Twitter and big text manipulation could manipulate as many as 15 million votes in a subsequent election?
4: In 2020, if all these companies are supporting the same candidate, there are 15 million votes on the line that can be shifted without people's knowledge and without leaving a paper trail for authorities to trace. Okay, hold on right there. So
3: uh, this guy, one thing I really liked about this guy when I watched it was He clearly is playing the long game for democracy, because even if you're thinking, I don't care, Google's on my side, it's not always going to be that way, that that whatever tech company can manipulate votes is going to be on your side. Right. And it could work against you as easily as it could work for you. It's the same with the Russian interference thing. And so interference thing, it's not always going to
2: help your side. As we said many times during the Obama administration, be careful giving the president kingly powers, because you might not like the next guy. And we'll say it to Republicans right now. Uh, Robert Epstein is. Um, I'll get his is where he works and the rest of it, but uh, that's his name anyway. Rolling along
4: for authorities to
0: trace. Now, now you described the go vote reminder, and you said it wasn't a public service announcement, but rather manipulation. Can you explain how? The, I'm not sure everyone followed the details of that.
4: Well, sure. Um, if on election day in 2016, if Mark Zuckerberg, for example, had chosen to send out a go vote reminder say just to Democrats, and no one would have known if he had done this, that would have given that day an additional at least 450,000 votes to Democrats. And we know this without doubt because of Facebook's own published data, because they did an experiment that they didn't tell anyone about during the 2010 election. They published it in 2012. We had 60 million Facebook users involved. They sent out a go vote reminder, and they got something like 360,000 more people to get off their sofas and go vote who otherwise would have stayed home. The point is, I don't think that Mr. Zuckerberg sent out that reminder in 2016. I think he was overconfident. I think Google Google was overconfident. All these companies were. Uh, I don't think he sent that out. Without monitoring systems in place, we'll never know what these companies are doing. But the point is, in 2018, I'm sure they were more aggressive. We have lots of data to support that. And in 2020, you can bet that all of these companies are going to go all out. And the methods that they're using are invisible. They're subliminal. They're more powerful than most any effects I've ever seen in the behavioral sciences, and I've been in the behavioral sciences for almost 40 years.
0: You know, our Democratic colleagues on this committee often talk about what they view as the pernicious effect of big money and big corporate dollars. Uh, What you are testifying to is that a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires and giant corporations are able to spend millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars, collectively, massively influencing the results of elections and there's no accountability you said we don't know we have no way of knowing if google or facebook or twitter sends it sends its democrats or republicans or how they bias it because it's a black box with 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 no transparency or accountability whatsoever I mean, am i understanding you
4: correctly senator with respect i must correct you please if Mark Zuckerberg chooses to send out a go vote reminder just to Democrats on election day, that doesn't cost him a dime.
2: Can you pause that, Sean? Um so listen, I uh, I hear some of you thinking I'm thinking like uh, like crazy about that that testimony by Robert Epstein, he's a PhD with the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology, he went to Harvard the rest of it. He's well respected, he's a frequent commentator on uh, NPR and all sorts of uh, liberal networks. Um uh, but My mind is a whirling. First of all, that is enormous power in a few hands. You could make the argument. Few is in like two people. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly you could uh, put them all in a minivan and and take them to Cupertino. Um, On the other hand, if all they're doing is as. They're private citizens. They're not government officials. They're using their company to say, hey, go vote today. Don't forget today's election day, and only targeting Democrats. I don't there's nothing illegal about that. Is there anything immoral about that? I, I I absolutely think people ought to know what they're dealing with and what these companies are. Um
3: I think no and no there, illegal and immoral, no and no.
2: Yeah, but shocking and amazing and how comfortable are you with that sort of power resting in a, a very few people's hands? Um, the go vote thing, I can understand without it. anybody having any idea that they're doing it or have any record of it having been done.
3: All right. The the if you're skeptical as to whether that go vote would work as well as this guy says or Facebook agrees, it gets back to the conversation we were having earlier about how you can absolutely know it's your wife's birthday and then space it off on that day. This is for those people. Facebook saying, hey, it's election day. Oh, yeah,
2: right. Well, and which one of us, man, woman, young, old, black, white, other, um, hasn't had a friend or a spouse say, oh, come on, and you say, all right. Sometimes, hey, let's go vote. Remember to vote. It's important. Go vote today. It only take a couple Boy, minutes. So, well, it's he's... enough to get a lot of people off the couch, and Shh. this guy's one of the foremost researchers in the field in the world. And a Hillary supporter and
3: a lefty and a and all that but he he's worried about it for the for the long haul because yeah he, the 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 other side will will uh will eventually get it too
2: sure if um, you can slog your way through Ayn Rand you can easily picture some you know big evil person of of, of some political bent you hate getting control of these corporations and 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 doing something you would hate with them boy that's really
3: interesting So he thinks he does, there's no way to know if they did it or not in 2016, but he doesn't think they did only because everybody knew Hillary was going to win so easily. There was no, there was no point in worrying about it. But that's, that's, those days are gone. Nobody will ever feel that way again. Right. No No matter who's ahead by how much.
2: Targeting a certain number of districts in a certain number of swing states, the the effect that could have. Because remember, you don't have to paint the entire country; you just sure. have to flip districts.
3: Yeah, you'd be no need to. Although it costs him nothing and takes very little, just a couple of keystrokes. Yeah, but he doesn't need to hit um, New York and California with "Get Out and Vote." They're going to go out and vote, and the Democrats going to win, right? But mm-hmm. you deal with Ohio and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin and those places, Florida.
2: You know, feel free to text. Here's the text number. You should have it in your phone in case someday you want to. 415-295-KFTC. No, we don't have one of those fancy five-digit ones for some reason. Again, because we're stupid. 415-295-KFTC or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: Unplug the Internet. That's uh, That's my cause.
2: If you are against huge corporate dollars in politics, how can you be... In favor of wielding this sort of corporate power in politics. Oh, absolutely. Because, hey, I, the, the, like the Koch brothers, ooh,
3: scary! Well, the right. Koch brothers! Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, any of the people that are on the debate stage regularly, Citizens United has ruined, okay, right. maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, how about this thing? How but, about this thing? I mean, this
2: right. ah, ah, ah. Let me finish my point, please. Okay. The Koch brothers use money to achieve precisely what Mark Zuckerberg can do for free. And you don't mind the money, surely you don't mind radio stations getting ad revenue. Um, you mind the effect they're having. So you have to hate this if you're a lefty who's been screaming about money in politics.
3: Well, and the, and the computer thing would be way more effective.
2: Oh, but the Koch brothers, and again. You can't place. target people with the money the same way. No, it's wildly inefficient compared to what Google can do with manipulated search results and Facebook and the rest of them. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty.
1: This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. We got a new study out that finds anger is actually more effective during halftime speeches than inspiration. <laughs> Researchers at the University
3: anger of Cal Anger is more effective than right. inspiration. Yes.
2: What's the with you bums? <laughs> Do you want to lose? You like losing. You're losers.
3: <laughs> Researchers at
1: the University
3: of Calif- As opposed to you get one chance in life. And this is the chance for us all to come together. Nah. We'll remember this game for the
2: rest of our lives. <laughs> no. a if we cooler. lose it, you losers.
3: Yeah, you got to throw a cooler. You got to smash a lot.
1: Yes. University of California, Berkeley researchers analyzed hundreds of halftime speeches and final scores from high school and college basketball games and found that players seemed to perform better after a harsh more negative halftime speech from their coach.
2: I'm going to call my mother ask if she can come and play some defense because you guys play defense worse than old women. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Jones. (laughs) Good stuff. They they
1: even discovered that the more negativity a coach includes during a halftime speech the more the team typically outscored their opponents in the second half.
2: Wow. Wow, That's interesting. (laughs) Well, you know, it was funny. I had a conversation with a guy the other day about coaching, and it was clear he just didn't get it. Um, I love coaching. I love coaching theory. I was, I've been supporting uh, the Positive Coaching Alliance for a right. long time, um, and I, I prefer positive coaching to negative. Um, but that that's interesting. I want, is that sound, Jack, do you think? It wouldn't work on me is but. your freakonomics uh bone a humming i don't know
3: i'm trying to noodle this through i just it's
2: surprising to me well because the best coaching is you you reinforce what people are doing well right and you praise it and you make sure they know they're appreciated and you let them know how they can do better
3: my um, my limited personal experience is that being the most successful well, Right. Having seen in high school, but that's but, you know limited to just my experience. Not all coaching is equal, right? Like if you're trying to teach a little leaguer the love of baseball, yes, that's a very good thing. If you are trying to win championships at a state or professional level, no, yeah, I, I'm not here to to reemphasize the things that you're doing
2: good, Johnny. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Although I tell you what, there's a very different uh, approach to coaching in practice yeah. and at, at the halftime of a game, yes. too. Yes, very different.
3: I have heard uh, Tom Tolbert, a former NBA player on his radio show, talking about how, and the pros are just no speeches. I mean, people roll their eyes at any speeches. We're professionals. We right. motivate ourselves. That's how we got here. Right. It's just, yeah, the, let's strategize. <laughs> let's not motivate. And that's probably right. why you hear a lot of the coaches, they don't say anything really in the locker room. They just point out a couple of things. And I remember what's-his-name's on fire, so keep an eye on him or whatever. But right. there's no inspiration or yelling. Don't yeah. yell at me. I make five times <laughs> as much money as you. But we're talking <laughs>
2: We're talking about uh, college, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah college yeah, high and school, high school. And high school, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. There you go. <laughs> no, how how negative works, though? Did they uh, have like a sliding scale? I mean, Jones, you don't start playing defense, I'm going to kill you. I mean, that's probably too negative. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you all. Is probably too much. That reminds
3: me of the Peyton Manning Saturday Night Live bit when he's playing with the little kids and throwing oh, yeah. the football. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: come just <laughs> drilling them in the yeah, chest. Right.
3: <laughs> Are you trying to lose?
1: <laughs> All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
3: Is it just when you're a kid you're scared of adults? Is that it? Just get your adrenaline going? Because when well, you, you to want to
2: rise to their expectations, I think that's it. As, or, as as a <laughs> I would guess it is yeah. it, that starts being effective at yeah. the varsity high school
3: level. I think before that, you probably get a lot of kids who kind of shut down. They that. become yeah.
1: fearful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Afraid to do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's where I would always always. Oh, geez, he's going to be mad. Yeah, <laughs> I better do nothing.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I had a soccer coach that would smoke in his van as we would go <laughs> run laps. <laughs> that <laughs> was great.
2: Not true. How motivating
4: thing. was that? Him smoking in his van. Yeah. Boy, not real motivating.
2: I tell you what, for, for uh younger fags, friends of Armstrong and Getty, you might be amused by this. My little league coach, who I absolutely loved, I love to this day, he's passed on, but um, and this was in the 70s. Um was that right? Yeah, the late late seventies, yeah. He would chain smoke filterless Pall malls oh. on on the bench during games and practices he would drain a six pack. <laughs> Every practice. Uh, Old-style beer, by the way, in bottles. During practice? Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And this is not 100 years ago. Something that would make national news now is just such an example of bad behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was a great coach, too, man. He underst- How many of your lives were ruined by them? Yeah. <laughs> Practically all of them. Exactly. He,
2: he understood people and kids so well. Um, he was like a father figure and a pretty damn good baseball coach, but... Yeah. Just completely outrageous. I mean, he would not last five minutes. Oh, no.
3: No, well, of course not. You wouldn't last five minutes in modern as you America. walk to the practice <laughs> right. field with your six-pack. What what are you doing? You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty
2: Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is best of
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: More on Oregon's new law for high school kids to be able to take a mental health day. can't imagine if you'd have told me, if, if somebody had introduced to me at age 15, if there if there's a day when you just really don't feel like you can do it, right, you can go ahead and stay home. I, I'd have been home the next day. I just I don't see how this works
2: in practicality. Right, obviously. Do they? It, it, the numbers got to be limited, right? Well, I'm sure it is, but whatever it is, I would yeah, be I using them all. But the whole point is that you got to do stuff you don't feel like. Your and sometimes when life, you really, really, really don't feel like it. And that's what character is. That's what toughness is. It's what you need. Although, I don't know. God, the kids with their 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 social media and their online trolling and the rest of it. And anxiety at levels that have never existed before. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they need it. I was at a park yesterday, a skateboard
3: park, upscale neighborhood. And went over to use the restroom while my son is uh, scootering around the skateboard park. And the restroom is now, uh, the signs on the door say all-gender restroom on both of them. Used to be a men's and a women's. For the several years I've been going Now, now yeah. they both say all-gender. And somebody had scratched into the metal plate the words uh, woman on one side and men on the other side. And I thought that was interesting because I just, I wonder what percentage of people, getting back to what is really going on versus... The fanciful world that's presented to us. And pushed hard by a tiny percentage. Right, What percentage of people that show up to that restroom in that park like the idea of an all-gender restroom as opposed to a men's and a
2: women's the way it's always been? But it's pretty small. I bet it's tiny, vanishingly small as they say in the statistics business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I was thinking about this actually during the break, how the desperation for people's eyes and ears is just growing and growing. And so the, the cable news networks in particular... They've decided that constant strife and crisis is the way to keep you tuned in. So it's funny, once you become aware of it, and uh, and enjoy this for the next 48 hours, look for the word crisis in news stories, in headlines. Uh, it's, it's everywhere. Everything is a crisis all the time. And the other example of it is I heard some blubbering, half-wit Democrat congresswoman on the CNN this morning, and she was throwing around the words, Racist and hate Um, indiscriminately to describe everybody she disagrees with. I was rooting for if it was a pool and she'd said fascist I would have won big but she never actually used the term fascist and so that's gosh that's another one now if everything is racist nothing is racist nothing is hate speech nobody's a fascist it's just what's interesting to me is what's next after this, this period where everybody's going full-on, uh, hair on fire. This is a crisis of hate. When the president says something mean in a tweet or whatever, what what comes next? Just like widespread cynicism like they have going in Russia where nobody believes every, anything and everybody just shuffles around staring at the ground or what? I don't know.
3: From widespread hate to widespread heat. Over 100 cities set records over the weekend. Mm. I don't know if that never happens or
2: happens every summer. I don't really have any perspective for that. It seems it warm to me. Does. It was kind of cool uh, seasonally speaking where I live, but uh, that's fun. Uh
3: also um this $400 emergency question that the USA Today dug into a little more. Uh, maybe we'll get to that later in the program. I heard Mr. Bullock, the governor of Montana who's running for president, finally got a little time on one of the talk shows yesterday, and he's uh, made the debate stage. So throw him into the mix as a 1% or less candidate out there. What would you think of him? He strikes me as a smart and reasonable guy. Yeah, he is all right, but uh, he... Doesn't doesn't have the magic? He, 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 he rubbed me on the whole... Far- we live in a country where half of Americans don't have $400 for an emergency, and that's because, and I thought, okay... Yeah, I'm not going with you there. Certainly yeah. not going with you there. Four hundred dollars from we got this text. Um, do you have a smartphone and an account? How about you don't have that for a little while until you get four hundred dollars? Do you have Netflix and Hulu and that sort of stuff? Get rid of that. Uh, do you have four hundred dollars worth of tattoos uh, for you and your wife? Get rid of those. Um, Well, you don't get your money back on tattoos. No, well, don't get them in the first place. I I need to return this, (laughs) place. Don't get them in the first place until you have $400 in a freaking bank to be able to handle a minor crisis.
2: Well, I like the Armstrong principle that you stated, I think it was last week, that I will not offer any sympathy to you until I have seen an analysis of your spending. The idea that financial uh, security is a one-question question, and that question is income, and that's it. Is ridiculous. It's income and outgo. It's the the
3: question is actually would have trouble paying a four hundred dollar bill, whether you could or not. I don't I don't know what qualifies as having trouble, but four out of ten households maintain that they would have trouble paying for a four hundred dollar unexpected expense, including seventeen percent of households with more than a six figure income.
2: Okay. There you go. You got a
3: six-figure income in your household. 17% of those households could not handle a $400 unexpected
2: expense. That's Well, that is living absolutely to the end of your means, if not beyond, which used to be seen as immoral. It was like punching someone on the street is immoral or defecating on the street is immoral it was seen as immoral to live a profligate life. What seems
3: to be immoral is questioning this at all, as you're supposed to just say, oh my God, that's so terrible that they're in that situation. What do we do to change society to make sure that they have more money? Right. Because that's the way it's presented all the time. I haven't seen anybody yet even ask the questions we're talking about. Mm. It's kind of pathetic, really. A
2: little little troubling. Yeah. I mean, if... If I became aware that one of my kids was living like that, spending like a lunatic and then whining when they were out of money, I would think, okay, i got to be kind of diplomatic here, but I'm going to yell at them because that's stupid and pathetic. Yet we're running an entire society? With that philosophy? Where, where, how, how
3: does that happen? Here's a good day. So on the mental health day law that they now have in Oregon, where in high school you can take a mental health day. Yeah. If you're not into it that day, you can. it's an excused absence, like if you uh, had the flu. Um I wonder how many mental health days will be on days when papers are due. Yeah, no Mm. kidding. Right. How many times that I had had not finished my paper and I was going to have to scrawl out the last bit of it in the hallway before class started or over lunch hour would I have taken that day as, you know, I'm really not feeling into it today since I'm only halfway through my paper that's due.
2: Funny coincidence, Mr. Johnson. (laughs) Midterms are today, and I'm having a mental health crisis, so see you tomorrow. God, that made my stomach tighten up thinking about it. And speaking
3: of, you know, you don't have 400 dollars it's your own fault. It was my own fault. Nobody did this to me but putting off my paper and I got to finish it in the morning and oh it's just the <laughs> worst. <laughs> Finishing it s- sit, trying to write on the on the floor in the hallway outside the classroom door to finish something just all oh, the worst.
2: You know what? I'm a uh, terrible person, is the problem. You know what really bothers me, Jack, is that uh, I, I think about you, and then I think about that uh, that young woman in your class who planned ahead and turned in the rough draft and the rest of it, and the grade inequality. Rough draft, sure,
3: Right, rough draft. I know. <laughs> yeah. I've never done one in my life. The rough no, drafts, the final draft. What
2: bothers me is the grade inequality and the paper inequality that existed in your class, how she had so much more than you did. and nobody ever asks Jack about, why are you scrawling the end (laughs) as you walk into class?
3: Where are... Same idea. The people that turned in their papers early, like it's due on Friday, but you went ahead and turned it in on Tuesday because you were you're done with it, and I might as well give it to the teacher in front of everybody else to lord it over you. Yes. Um, where, where do those people end up? Are they all our bosses now, or did they go crazy and kill themselves? Or I don't, I don't know. Some of each, probably. <laughs> people might as well have been like a time traveling alien for as little as I understood their their perspective of the world. Right. Uh. You turned it in early. The pre- the teacher's not even asking for it, and you gave it to them.
2: Well, and you know, it was. Uh, I remember. From college, thinking I want so badly to be the kind of guy who will go today and get started on this. All right, I, I want to get it done. I want to do the research. I want to. I. I it, it, but I knew myself well enough to not say, "All right, this time I'm going to." See, I, I, did, just I did. I did that. I did that very did thing every time. <laughs> oh,
3: this boy. time, this this semester. This semester, they put out the assignment. First day, I go to the library and get started on this. And I do a little bit every day, so I'm not in this sort of right, crisis. Chip
4: away, chip <laughs> away. It'll be great. You know, the rough draft is like Bigfoot. It's actually never been seen.
3: <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad that they, they, they push that on you. It's a good idea, actually.
2: It, it is a good idea. It's sure. a fine, fine idea. <laughs> And one that I embraced, actually, later in life uh, for various assignments. But I used to crank out my usual B-plus final draft, which was the first draft that ever existed. Sure. And then, like, I can't <laughs> photocopy it or, or co- print out another one of them and, like, hastily scratch stuff out and write other phrases oh, yeah. in and There's all.
3: The worst. The teachers that wanted to see the rough draft right. to try to force you to do it so that I'd write the paper. Then I got to write the paper again, but more sadly and <laughs> <laughs> scratch out some words, which okay. is more work, by the way, than yes. doing a rough draft in yes. the first place. Idiot! <laughs> <laughs> eh, what God are you going to do? Dang it! I know i got at least one kid that's going to do it the same way, too. Armstrong
2: and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: This is why customer service feels so lousy. Companies know how angry they can make you now and still win your business.
2: This is so funny slash horrifying.
3: And obvious. It's horriferious. And uh, and it's got to do with the amount of data that they can collect now. They record all the phone calls. So down to your tone of voice... How long you're on hold, um, you know, prices, all this. How far they can push you before you'll actually leave them and go to another company.
2: So do they have like a red flasher that goes off as you're saying to the customer service idiot? Listen, I've already told you how many. And and it, whoop, whoop, he's at a four. Your customer is at a four. Sir, I think we can help you. I'll tell you the key here
3: in just a moment from the Wall Street Journal of what you got to do. We got a number of texts about this. And I've been complaining about customer service getting worse a long time um i wonder if some of it has to do with it's so hard to fire people so you don't have to be as concerned about being a good employee that could be part of
2: it right if you're the front desk person at a store but they're related they're related because if you back in the day you would be fired because there was a perception that we will lose this person's business if this person keeps abusing our customers like this. And now, you know, it, it, there's no there's no real incentive if you know how mad you can make people. You're not going to be proactive or careful about it. Yeah, but who's who, yeah,
3: yeah, and they've they've made the
2: calculation that look they they don't like the
3: the, the surly person at the front desk. But they're not going to leave us
2: for that. So right. I'm not going to yeah. pay
3: extra to get a happy person at the front desk.
2: I, I understand that calculation that they've made. Right. I hear your point, though. I mean, if you can't fire people, uh, you'll find a way to work around it. But now
3: it is always amazing to me. And like, I want to do something for this employee when it happens to me. Like you can go, to, you can go to some sort of store and you ask somebody, uh, you know, I can't find the blank. Do you have any of these? No, nah, we probably don't. Probably don't or don't. Right. I don't think we do. Well, are you sure? Is there a way you can check? Right. Or you run into the employee of, you know, that really works. No, I don't think, I think I'm, I think there might be somebody over here and then they go look over there and then I think we might have some back or wait for just a second. And right. they, and they like really go out of their way. Yeah. To make sure you get this thing. It's not going to have any effect on their pay. In fact, it was, it was more work for them to satisfy me than if they had just said, no, I think we're out of those. Right. But they did it anyway, yeah. and I think that, I think mostly, most of the time now, it just comes down to your personality you, when you run into people that do that. But I'm always so pleased when I come across one of those people. I think, thank you. I really needed this X, and you got it for me. And if it had been a lot of other employees, I wouldn't have gotten this X because you had to do, you had to make two clicks on the computer to check and see if you have it in stock or walk 15
2: feet. <laughs> but a lot of people don't want to do that. You ever done the uh, phone first thing? You call and you say, hey, do you have any X in stock? And they say, yeah. Then you get there and they don't. And they say, "Uh, computer said we did. Where's the shelf? It's right there. It's 10 feet away from You couldn't look? Couldn't eyeball it? (laughs) I
3: got this text from somebody. Who worked in customer service. The major grocery store chain I worked for wanted me gone, I think, because I was too helpful and too many customers texted or emailed nice comments about me. I don't know if I buy that, but I like this part. Why would uh, you want to get rid of somebody Well, like right. That? I, I, You're I, paranoid. I that, yeah, I think that's paranoid, but I like this part. I busted my butt for customers, except in the deli. I refused to make sandwiches because that's a guaranteed complaint area. I refused to repeatedly do the sandwich bar, so they encouraged me to resign. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. I'm not making any damn sandwiches. It's
3: a, a deli. I'll bet that is the guaranteed complaint area. That's too much mayonnaise.
2: Oh, there, uh, yeah, you do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm... <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm super picky about some stuff, but I just can't get mad about that stuff. I just You're I don't not. either. I, I definitely Life's too short. I
3: definitely know people who do. Yeah. yeah. I think how would you know how much mayonnaise I want? I don't think you did it on purpose to make me mad or anything like that. But.
2: Right, right.
3: Um, but so I, I ought to get to the key the key thing here that the Wall Street Journal seems to suggest. Yes, please.
2: You're abusing our customers by screwing around and not getting to the key thing. As they go through a bunch of people that in this particular had,
3: uh, situation had trouble with AT&T. That's
2: amazing to me. I've found their customer service to be top notch.
3: AT&T. I'll tell you this. Should I even say this out loud? Probably not. Michael, what go do you ahead. think? Go ahead, as always. <laughs> here's been my experience with at&t particularly oh going around to the cell I phone stores your
2: co-host said probably not if you if
3: you go to a, a store with my iphone and i say i'm on this plan can i get this and they say no go to a different store because you will get a different answer oh boy i've had that happen over and over and over again you get a different answer if you ask a different person or ask the same person in the, a different person in the same store
2: But you will get a different answer. go out the front door, put on a fake mustache, (laughs) go back in and ask the same person again. Adopt an accent. Right. Hello, (laughs) my friend. You will get
3: a different answer. That's been my experience. But anyway, the telecom giant is among the companies employing artificial intelligence to gauge customers' behavior patterns and personalities to pair them with customer service agents. Wow. I wonder if I should come off belligerent right off the bat and they say okay we got we got a live one here this guy might actually leave we got to get him to the customer service oh, department that's actually going to help him that's this- a recipe for a pleasant society well i i, I understand but i'm trying ah. to game the system no this woman is pleasant and kind and polite she'll put up with endless like my mom or something. let's abuse the crap out of her she'll put up with endless crap right so keep her on hold forever she would never hang up or switch companies if she ain't crying we ain't trying that's our motto <laughs>
2: wow so be angry right off the bat that's my suggestion boy that's funny i've my god dang it my my wife is so wonderful in so many ways but she will get upset pretty quickly if she's being screwed or messed with or whatever she she doesn't you know she goes to zero from six from zero to 60 a little quickly a way to do it well apparently it is apparently it is and i've been wrong all these years Saying, listen, it's a problem to solve, work through it, we'll be good. I'm not sure with the customer service, it 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 pans out. In the
3: rest of life, maybe, but not with the customer service people. Yeah, Uh, Matching the right agent to customers improves the likelihood of a positive outcome. Measured by resolution rate and satisfaction scores, said an AT&T spokesman that declined to uh, give their name. So they actually do take the person that seems pretty hot and get them to the, we better get this worked out person. Right. I mean, that's actually what's going on. And if you're wow. nice and pleasant and kind of, oh, okay. I was just hoping that, well, okay. Never mind.
2: Forget it. Forget it. am going to stomp on you.
3: Um, and this is what they said happens in a number of industries. And I, I've, we've all had, probably had this experience happen with like Dish or something like that. If you say you're going to cut them off, they will all of a sudden pull out all the stops to make sure you're happy. Sure. Yeah. They will get you the price you want. They'll get you the DVR you want. They'll get you the phone plan you want. But you have to actually be willing to walk out the
2: door. Right. Which is, Which is, you shouldn't have to negotiate that hardball. Yeah, but that is negotiating. I don't hate that. Of course, I I hate negotiating less than a lot of people do. I,
3: I get it for but, your boss or whatever, your job. But yeah. I you know you. it's just I I'm just a customer. I shouldn't have to threaten to leave to get somebody on the phone that's going to pay me any attention. Good Lord! Oh yeah, it wasn't that way for a hundred years. Right? Why is it now?
2: Right. Well, because
3: of algorithms and artificial intelligence. They didn't know back in the old days. The little mom and pop hardware store didn't know they could push you as far as they could. And so they well, tried.
2: Really- maybe they were moral, <laughs> or nice, or or had a long term view of things. Or- Does this all get back to the whole quarterly reporting stocks thing? Everybody's just interested in this second.
3: That in the mom and pop shop of any kind. Your kids go to school with their kids, and you're going to see them Thursday night at parent teacher night, and they don't want to be a jerk to you. Right? There's that. But
2: those stupid idiots have been crushed by first Walmart and then Amazon. Go away, mom and pop shops, with your idiotic service.
3: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.